It's the Exit 52 podcast instant analysis presented by Jimmy Seafood after a Ravens 23-20 win over the Cleveland Browns at M&T Stadium. Taylor, RDT, and Banks here to break it all down. The Ravens finally do not blow a second-half lead. And in ugly, ugly affair, division rival Cleveland Browns uh, move to four and three. Browns fall to two and five. Me and Banks actually took this in together at the bank. Um, so we we have a, we had a communal experience watching this game. RDT, you watched uh, presumably at your home. Beautiful, beautiful home. Um, Banks, I'll throw it to you first. General thoughts. I know you and I sort of chatted throughout the game about about certain happenings and some overall feelings at the end as we as we walked out or as the the final seconds ticked by, but. Uh, this was a weird one. Uh, Ravens didn't do a lot in some facets, but did enough to win an ugly game. It was an ugly game for sure. I uh, wouldn't really say that the Ravens deserve to win the game per se, but they did enough to win it, which is kind of a stark contrast to the way they've oh. been losing games recently. Oh, no. <laughs> you guys are both blurry. Are we going to do this all fucking week? Jesus Christ. Go ahead. I mean, am I clear now? Yep. I just, uh, I'm tempted to switch over the Wi-Fi to something that won't cut out consistently, but I would probably have to lose it completely in order to, whatever. Ugly game by the Ravens. I don't know how much you got of the first handful of sentences I said, but they didn't really deserve to win this one per se, but they got enough done to win it. Um, rare circumstance in my eyes at least where i felt like they might have gotten some officiating help um not that there weren't plays that i thought went against them but um 23 20 like they got outgained. it has all the makings of a game that you hope to win on the road against a divisional rival and not one that you want to win at home like you want to assert your dominance you want to show that you're a better team than the opposition when it comes to your division rivals and uh, we're not really, I mean, by no means did we do that today. Um, we built a second half lead, even 10 points at one point. And the fact that we closed it out, I think says a lot. And I think it's what the fan base needed. So in that sense, like mission accomplished today, you know, it, it's something to at least like throw some water on the fire. Um, but it's definitely not going to put the fire out by any means. Um, I looked down at the, out of town scoreboard today and I'm looking at Tampa and I'm like, Hey, what's up with those guys? Like you want to go out and win that game Thursday, steal that game on the road if you can. But man, um, Lamar just played maybe one of his worst games as a pro. Uh, I, I really don't know what was up with the passing game. You know, Lamar didn't make bad throws. I mean, the first throw of the game he made downfield to Duvernay was an absolute dime, just a perfect throw. And I thought that we were really going to open it up and we just didn't. It don't like, he, you know, he got bum rushed a handful of times, unblocked rushers coming into his kitchen. Uh, there were probably checks down, check downs that he just refused to look at, didn't throw down to in those circumstances. And they played it as if they had no faith in him to throw downfield. It was very interesting. Uh, it helps when you're running the ball pretty successfully. And they did that. Gus Edwards obviously is a weapon. I think we're going to talk about that a little bit more in, in a couple minutes. I'll let somebody kind of open that conversation up. But um, overall, 
it's just it's good to get one, but it didn't leave a good taste in anybody's mouth, I would say. I think that's one of the games where like you said, you kind of you got the win. All right, good. We're moving on. Like you're just you're you don't need to take anything away from the game. It's a win in the book and you just move on. Like you said, it was kind of, it was an ugly game. It was a pretty boring game for the most part, at least watching on, you know, weren't many explosive plays. There was a big one to Cooper, um, you know, that he caught and, and caught, Duvernay had the punt return. Um, but other than that, again, it was kind of just like a, like it, it kind of feels like the weather is now where it's raining and it was gross. And that's almost, what the game plan, like the offensive game plan, like like you said, like the way that they handled the passing game, it's almost like they were playing in like bad weather where it's like, all right, we're not going to go downfield. We're, we're not going to stretch the field at all. We're just going to run the ball and kind of take what's given to us, even though it wasn't raining and it seemed like a pretty good weather day. Um, you know, the, the Lamar had the one weird pass to Andrews on the crossing route where he threw it out of bounds. And I don't know if he knew that it was third down. Like that, to me, that doesn't seem like a throw you try to make on a, on a third down play. Um, just wasn't even close. And I mean, going, going back to Andrews too, if I would have told you going into the game, Hey, Lamar's going to have 120 passing yards. He's going to throw the ball, what, 16 times. And Andrews is going to have no catches, no yards. The, the only action he got was, was a toss back to Lamar at running back. He would have been like, Ooh, this game is, you know, probably didn't go the Ravens way, you know, but they, they pulled it out. Like you said, Gus was, Gus looked awesome. He looked awesome. I mean, could not, on, you know, yeah, I, I thought he looked really good. I don't think anyone thought that he would look like that coming off, you know, his injury, especially how long he was out, that, what the injury was. So good to see him back. Good for him, too. I mean, you can't help but not – you have to feel happy for a guy like that who worked his ass off, it seems like, in the offseason. And some of his quotes after the game where he was like, yeah, I wanted to be back week one, but, you know, I wasn't, and that it's kind of whatever, which is good because, you know, you have these guys who push themselves to come back, boom, then they get hurt, a la, you know, maybe that's what happened with Dobbins. I don't know. But – Again, weird game. Um, it comes down to the Browns as the Browns. Like to me, that never felt like a game where it's like, oh, the Bra- like the Browns are going to come back and, and win this. Like we saw Brissett and Chubb have a good first drive, and then after that, it was kind of just like, that's Jacoby Brissett. So I don't know. They they didn't do too much. You know, I was never like, oh, this is the drive where the Browns put it together. Even when they were lining up the field goal, that's like a, a very typical Browns as the Brown field goal attempt. So again, you you get that win, you you notch it in the book, you move on to an awful awful Buccaneers team. I mean, Tom Brady looked miserable and we'll talk more about that during this, the week, but good God. I mean, the, the, the Ravens may go in there and just curb stop them on, on Thursday. Yeah, I would, I would say, yeah, we'll, we'll obviously get to that more during the week. I, the, that's going to be a pretty fascinating matchup on Thursday night. One of the more high profile Thursday mat, night matchups of the year, Bucks Ravens. This is not, when I was watching the final sort of second stick down, this is not a game that made me feel like the Ravens could do anything long-term. You watch the Ravens today and they did enough. They, they closed out the game and they created, they did a nice job creating a couple, uh, creating a couple turnovers. You know, Clayus Campbell makes a great play. That's a, sort of a, a, a difference making play in the game. Um, you know, they have a punt return that allows them to set up some points by Devin Duvernay. But offensively, other than Gus Edwards, this was not, you know, they rushed for 160 yards. They threw for 94 yards. I know everyone is obsessed with, you know, pounding the rock and running it over and over and over and Greg Roman and all these different things. Banks turns to, Brian, I think you said this like the third quarter. You were like, if this doesn't turn around, maybe the second quarter, if this doesn't turn around, Greg Roman might get fired today. And it kind of felt that way. Like they, they were putrid offensively for a lot of this game. 
And, you know, everyone harped. They don't have like, – Mark Andrews was nowhere to be found in this game. Just nowhere. And It's I ironic. And, and, look, smarter people than me can make this analysis. The Browns shut him down and just allowed – tried to make everybody else beat them. And the Ravens receivers were like, we don't really have much else to give. No <laughs> one on the team really steps up from a receiving standpoint except for uh, Mark Andrews. And that's why you throw for Danny Yards. I agree with you, Banks. This was not an impressive game for Lamar Jackson in any facet. Didn't deal with pressure well. Didn't really break a lot of long runs on scrambles when he got some of that pressure and, and you know, and sort of did his thing. Didn't really do much on designed runs. You know, threw one great ball to Duvernay down the sideline in the first quarter, and that was kind of it. He didn't really have anything else from, you know, in the passing game that was impressive. He was unimpressive. I give I give the Ravens credit. They were doing that final drive of the fourth quarter before Justice Hill fumbles, they were doing what they had not done. They were putting together mm-hmm. a game-sealing drive. They took time off the clock. And part of that is a credit to Lamar Jackson. So I don't want to take that away from him. But overall, within the four quarters, that Browns team outgained them 336 to 254. Both teams had the same amount of drives. I don't think that Browns team is good. They don't have any real weapons outside of Nick Chubb. Um, and you know, a little David and joke, a little cream hunt, but I, I, this was not a game where I looked at the Ravens and I thought, who man, when they get to like, if they get to the divisional playoff round, they're going to like really feel, I'm going to really feel good about that game. Or when they were in the wild card round, I'm going to feel really good about that game. They did nothing in this game on either side. They did enough defensively against a team that's two and five, and they did enough offensively against a team that's two and five. And that's it. Thankfully, the, as we t- you know, we talked about coming in, you know, a win is a win is a win. You take it any way you can get it. And the Ravens really, really needed a win. There was a lot of relief in the stadium when it, you know, was clear that they were going to come out with a W. But that is not a performance that is like, oh, wow, Ravens. Playoff contender, you know, or, or Super Bowl contender. Not a Super Bowl contending team performance at all. There was... It's really a mixed bag on the ground. And Gus Edwards definitely had the most juice of any of the backs. And with the way it's been a revolving door at that position through a variety of injuries, guys coming back, what have you, it's been a situation where you just have to ride the hot hands. Down the stretch, they had, you know, at least a back that had established himself as the best back of the day. And Gus Edwards is that guy. I understand the notion of wanting to to put him a little bit on a pitch count, not throw too much at him, but I saw I saw 17 out there way too many times getting handoffs. He had 11 carries for five yards. Longest rush was four yards. Kenyon Drake, I mean, he was the maybe the best offensive player on the field last week. This week, he was, you know, there was just nothing to show for it, but we were down the stretch there, and Drake was getting carries, and then Justice Hill was getting carries. You know, Justice had some juice, you know, he, he, he was bringing a burst to the table. He was um, far closer to Gus Edwards than Kenyon Drake today, but um, I'm confounded as to why Gus Edwards isn't the guy getting fed the rock there on that final drive. When justice Hill's the one who eventually coughs it up, it's, it's a little bit frustrating. Um, but other than that, like you said, it's just no offense. It was uninspiring. Like, the, the Andrews toss to Lamar Jackson is one of the most exciting like <laughs> plays we've had as an offense all season. All 
you know, in years, to be honest, like we've said, he, it was week one or week two when he got under center and just plunged the QB sneak. I think it was a home game. So it was probably week two. I think two. it was the Dolphins. Yeah. So it was week two. Awesome play. Got everybody fired up. And then since then, in those like fourth and short situations, they've put Andrews under center almost a hard count and just try to draw people off sides and eventually not snap it. And I think that on another occasion, he sneaked one. The throw, the, the toss play in was awesome today, but it's like, Plays like that are just completely clouded by the rest of the offensive performance. And if it's like, if that's the only time we're going to get eight out there in space, or if we can move the football, like that's, that's a bad sign. Like it's really nice. And it's really fun to have those types of plays in your offense. But when it becomes the offense, like it seemed to be today, just like trying to be cute and try to get things done like that. That's a bad sign. I mean, that's the kind of things that, you, you look over in Chicago, you look at Justin Fields and you look at that offense where it's just like, they can't move the ball ever. And so when they move the ball, it's like, let's find a way to get in the ball into in Mooney's hands creatively. Or it was Tariq Cohen a couple of years ago. Like you try to get these guys the ball in space because otherwise you don't have much of an offense. It's, it's just not, not what you want to build an offense on. And that's what we seem to have. We got Buster stepping in here. Um, from the window here making his thoughts known um anyways just it's just not what you want and so we won the football game i want to feel better about winning the football game especially after the way that we've lost games at home and we've lost games um late we had a 10 point lead at certain points here um all season and this just wasn't as satisfying as i wanted it to be so you know, we got we got something to build on. We got a short week. Hopefully, the warm weather in Tampa brings a little more offense out. But man, four and three, top of the division, they should feel better than this. Yeah, it's definitely a, it's definitely a weird a weird four and three, and it's a unsatisfying four and three. And I think that just speaks to the overall expectations of what people want to see from this franchise week in and week out. And we we've talked about that all year in terms of you come in with a former MVP quarterback and a lot of pieces on defense and, you know, obviously some things that had to go the Ravens way to be that type of contender, but that's where the, the line is um, after some of the success over the last few seasons. And so when you go out of winning, it's a Cleveland team that we'll see what they are with Deshaun Jackson shows up or Deshaun Jackson. When Deshaun, speaking of speaking of Ravens, when Deshaun Watson, shows up, yeah, geez, should I talk about a Freudian slip? when Deshaun Watson shows up uh, in a few weeks. But uh, at this point, the Ravens feel like the best team in this division. That's not saying a lot because the division is not good. Um, so Burrow did put on a show today. I know Falcons it's the Falcons, stink. but. So show me when it matters. I, he did go to the Super Bowl. Show me when it matters. This year. Show me when it matters <laughs> this year, say. Joey. Joey B. And I like Joey B. Uh, Jamar Chase is a cheat code. What a freaking guy player he is. Um, I just think that you, you, this is the same thing. I actually, after what, you know, watched eight quarters of football in the last 24 hours live, the, the Maryland Terrapins beating Northwestern and the Cleveland Browns beating, or excuse me, the Ravens beating, beating Cleveland. And I felt both ways coming out of both games. Terps figured out a way to win yesterday. Didn't play their best, figured out a way to get it done against the Northwestern team. That's not good. The Ravens today figured out a way to get it done against a Cleveland team 
I just would have loved to have both of those been like 21 to 30 point blowouts against teams that you're expected to beat. And I'm happy that both the teams won, but you just are like want a little bit more because, you know, both teams have dealing with injuries, blah, blah, blah. I don't mean to like, there's not a one-to-one comparison, Maryland and the Ravens, but in this, and they really never are in a lot of the time, but in this current weekend, that is sort of how I felt walking out of the stadium for both games. I was like, ah, great to Maryland six and two bowl. It's like the same thing. Six and two bowl eligible four and three top of the division, still all the stuff in front of us, but you're just waiting for that. Like period X, you know, that exclamation point performance from the Ravens. And they just haven't given that against the team. They're just expected to, destroy and maybe they'll get they'll roll to tampa on thursday night games are weird so it probably won't happen maybe they'll roll to tampa and destroy the bucks on thursday and it's like okay there's some upward trajectory here the relief on in the stadium and the sideline was so palpable when they when they you know blocked the field goal all the raven sideline looked thrilled and it was almost just a gigantic exhale just one of the biggest exhales you could have because, you know, it just felt like it was once again, it's like, ah, oh, we fumble, you know, here come the Browns. They hit the pass down the sideline to get to the 45 or whatever that was. And it's like, oh, here we go again. Hopefully they can just kind of like now exhale, take a beat and kind of start to roll the, you know, roll the rock down the hill a little bit, as opposed to what's felt like them just like lifting the rock up the hill and, you know, dropping it and sometimes able, it's just like, this needs to be a little less stressful, I think, week in and week out for the Ravens. So, yeah, I mean, it's pessimism when we get up two scores in the second half. Like, you should be not cloud nine, but you should be up there. I mean, you should be fired up. And, like, it just we, – we scored midway through the third quarter, I think, to do that. And I think it just brought anxiety on the stadium. It's just It's just not the energy you want. Especially when you had the 2012 team in the building today. I mean, those guys, those guys brought the energy. Ed Reed is just a walking vibe. The guy's awesome. Uh, he he was just doing Ed Reed things all day between halftime speech, walking out with the Lombard, Lombardi Trophy to start the day. Him just just being in one of the boxes there, just vibing like. It's got to be tough for those guys to look down on the field and watch the defense get gashed repeatedly. I mean, there's just, even though we pulled out the game, like there are points throughout the game where it, it just didn't feel like we had any answer for whatever they wanted to do. They were getting five, six yards on every carry. They were complete. I mean, 22 of 27 by percent. There were five incompletions. I mean, it's not like he threw it downfield all that much. He hit a couple of deep ones. It's not like he tore us up, but you know, when he wanted to drop back and throw and he had, base like he did it and it we didn't really do much to resist it um we were just lucky enough to make a big strip sack by Kalias and and block a field goal and all those types of things those are things that winning football teams are made of um but you can't depend on them week to week so i mean i, I yeah i'm trying not to just be too negative about it we're four <laughs> and three you know it's just it is what it is this, I, I, yeah, I and I, I texted this to you guys kind of just because I wanted it on. I, I wanted a note that I could go back to that first quarter, first half. Lamar was getting hit and again. I don't know if you guys could see it as much like when he was getting those sacks by Miles Garrett and a couple of the other guys. Those were some hard hits. And it's like yeah. you again, like we talked about all the time. You don't see him take hard hits. He was getting and because, again, they were showing the replay and it's like, oh, that's you just don't see him take those kind of hits. So that's, 
I was kind of wondering, like, as the game went on, I'm like, I wonder if those hits were kind of, you know, affecting him. The, the, the line played much better in the second half, I think. First half, it seemed like Garrett was was right, was just on him all the time. Um, and, you know, the whole defensive line was. So, yeah, I mean, it's – like you said, I, I, a win's a win. I think, again, going into this game, going into the season, you had this scheduled as a W. You, you had this written down, like, oh, the Browns at home. It doesn't really matter if Deshaun Watson is there or not. I think you thought, okay, this is going to be a win. They got a win. And now this is one. Again, you you don't burn the tape, but you don't look at it and you say, we're, we're worried about – I know that's what Justin Houston said. They asked him, like, when are you guys starting to look at uh, um, Tampa? And he said, right now, like t- today. Like today we're going to look at Tampa. By the way, Houston was awesome today too, coming back from injury, which I don't think you really expect that from a guy his age, you know. Again, I, I think we know what he is, but, like, he had the sacks in the back-to-back plays, and I, I thought he was awesome. And people don't really want to hear it or talk about it, but Patrick Queen seemed like he was on another level today too, kind of yeah. flying thought around. He was good, thought he was good. Plays. Thought he flew around today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was like, I don't know if he like wasn't reading people's tweets. He wasn't searching his name this week or something, but he was feeling himself, and so he was. He had eleven he, he was, tackles, three tackles for a loss, and a QB hit. I mean, that's the guy that 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 you thought you had when you drafted him in the first round. That's the guy that you watched at LSU in that one season, and you went, "He's a monster. This is him." You know, and I don't want to say that, but he's him. He was him today. I hate that, but he was him. Roman Hemby. <laughs> have you have you tweeted that yet? Oh yeah, like a million times. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Didn't do it this week though. Um, which is he deserved it. What a game for him yesterday. No, I think that I agree that when he had the two straight plays where he made plays in the backfield, I think that was in the second quarter when they got pinned back deep. I think it was. Um, that I thought the exact same thing. I was like, that is the guy that you watch sometimes. You're like, he's so athletic. And if he could just play instinctively and, 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 and keep to it like that is that's a pro bowler. Like that was a play a pro bowler mix, like an all pro mix back-to-back plays, huge part of the game where the Ravens needed to keep them pinned back there, flip the old position, whatever, like just looked so good. And, and, I'll be interested to see how his his career continues to go because it would be a, an amazing redemption story if he figured out a way to put it together for like five years where he was a pro bowler and it's like all this talk about him kind of got thrown to the wayside. Because, um, man, is there a lot of talk about him. I mean, he is such a hot topic every single week when the Ravens play. I think we're, we're doing that thing that we, you know, it'd be, it's so easy for everybody to do. Um on a week in week out basis, Justin Tucker, 55 yards, absolutely split difference in the game difference in the game. It, it, he took a, a 2013 game to a 23, 13 game. And that's that, that was the difference at the end. Um, Cade York, other side, you know, longer kick. And we get, I mean, the false start, man, I have some thoughts on that. I'll talk about that in a second, but difference I think they between said kickers, clench, clinching, clinching. I think they said that's what the call was because yeah we didn't get the broadcast so I, a little bit of a take and I kind of spilled on this when I was with Taylor a tiny bit there there are scenarios where there's a lot of he said she said there's the the umpires kind of near the backfield there's people on the line who are watching whether people jumped or not and you can you can get a meeting of minds between the referees where you guys see different things hear different things and you get together and you talk about it. And once you whistle and flag it, there's this feeling that you have to flag somebody for five yards one way or another. There should be an option for NFL referees to, to come together and say, 
I heard this. I saw that. I'm not really sure. It's it's not definitive enough. They should be able to pick up a flag and just say, hey, no foul here. Like, th- there shouldn't be a need to, to go one way or the other. I feel like they, be- they should. It's a little bit of a cop-out, but, like, sometimes that's the, the, the reality of the situation. Like, mm-hmm. it, there can be yeah, a little, I, yeah. I, I know what you're saying, where it's like, hey, we threw the flag we got to call something now. And it's like, no, you, you really don't. Cause again, if neither, if, if two officials are like, Hey, I saw this, I saw this, then it's like, all right, well now they're kind of stuck with their thumb up their ass going, what do we yeah. do? You know? And I there, think that was one of the, one of the, the, I think that's what happened in this situation, you know? So it's, it, it is tough. It's, it's like when you, you know, when the cops get called to a house and they're like, Hey, we came down here, we got to take someone down. It's like, all right, well, you know, here's what you yeah. do. You, you call this or whatever, but. It was and it, it yeah. was interesting because the Browns didn't fight it at all. They weren't saying a thing. So that's kind of why how everyone was like, oh, well, maybe they did do something. There were a couple of guys pointing their way, which happens on every single false start. Yeah, ever. it's just a, it's a second nature. I, I want to say passing through Twitter, I saw that the Browns said or somebody said that they were using a double cadence, which oftentimes involves the guard who's who's split with their his right or left leg is actually like behind the long snappers. So they're like mm-hmm. on top of each other. They use a double cadence. Um, it's, it's a trick tactic. I mean, that makes it sound hokey, but it's, it's a routine tactic to try to draw people off sides. And so um, there are movements. There's like grabbing the football. There's tilting the football upward. I remember even um, Morgan Cox was telling Morgan, me about yeah. these little things that he would you know, he and everybody does where it's, it's, they're just minor things and you don't flag those minor things, but occasionally they get people off sides. And then if the guy looking right down the line of scrimmage, you know, sees the guy jump off sides and then he jumps back, but you flag it and whistle it. Like you didn't give him an opportunity to jump back and get back on side. So like, is it fair to just flag him for five? So this is just a scenario where I don't know what the reality is. And if I'm a Browns fan, I'm pretty upset about the fact that the field goal got taken five yards back. I don't think it was enough for a first down, but maybe they would have gone for it. On no, it was, it was fourth. It was one. fourth and six. So yeah, yeah the stadium had it in third and five, but I could tell just eyeball test that it was, it was a long, long five. five. Yeah. TV but, said fourth and fourth and six. Yeah. So just one of those things I think the NFL should think about. They've got so much more on their plate. <laughs> I mean, that, that rough in the passer I saw with uh, Trevor Lawrence today, not, not, I mean, that's a tough call. Um, but if they could just gather all the things together and try to fix a few things, like this would be one where I think that they could do better on. And I, I'm, I'm here to say like, Hey, I've complained a lot about officiating at times this season, both for Ravens and especially for Maryland football. Um Maryland football continues to get bent over backwards on that stuff. But this is one that I would say maybe we got away with one a little bit and we'll take it. We'll run with it, but it is what it is. Yeah. And Ronnie Stanley didn't get a flag for doing a cartwheel. So yeah, there's that. There is that. (laughs) Wild. Um, Yeah. The officiating is interesting. Yeah. The, I really thought if Jacoby Brissett's not Jacoby Brissett that the Ravens get flagged for um, roughing the passer on that play. Oh, that's right. There was that roughing the passer that I was, if that's Tom Brady, if that's Tom Brady, that's a flag. Just a fact. Because it's Jacoby. I don't even think it's a flag anyway. Like, I don't think it's a flag. I don't think Jacoby Brissett initially got jobbed, but I just think if he's not Jacoby Brissett, it's a flag. Um, So 
It's officiating's officiating's officiating. It is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, any final thoughts from you guys? Just move on. Just take it in four and three and uh, do better on Thursday. It sounds so glum. It sounds glum, but come on. It sounds a bit glum. Uh, we'll be back Thursday night. Uh, Ravens will play on prime video for the first time in their history. I'm sure people are excited about that against oh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, you know who won't, won't be excited about that? Don't say it. There's a lot of people in Dundalk who will not oh, be able to figure that out. There it is. A lot of people in Dundalk. On that note, is already to drive to drive We'll give you to leave the word drum bum out of that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll find a way to throw that in. Oh, man. We'll be back Thursday night for an instant analysis. We'll be back, you know, Monday or Tuesday at some point this week to throw out our normal preview show to preview uh, Bucks Ravens. And uh, so no, obviously no instant analysis next Sunday, uh, which works out for me because I will be in Bloomington, Indiana. Um, shout out to the Maryland. As I said, shout out to Maryland. One by seven yesterday. Bull eligible for the earliest time in the season since 2001. So Maybe Charlotte, maybe Nashville, maybe a Florida Bowl. We'll see where the Terps end up. Ooh, a little Nashville pod pod trip for Nashville. That would be electric if they get to the Music City Bowl. I that that's the bowl your boy wants. Unless we go on a crazy run and beat Penn State and Ohio State and do some things like that. But if we're gonna like you know finish around where we probably are gonna end up finishing, send the Terps to Nashville. That would be so cool. That the Ravens win. 2320. That is the instant analysis presented by Jimmy Seafield. We'll see you next time on the X52 podcast. 